0: Radio and a voice for silent movies. Strap yourselves in and dial up to this Welcome
1: to Geek Jabber Live. Yes, we've made it to episode six of Geek Jabber Live. This could very well become the dropout special, uh, which we'll explain in a moment. We have myself, Tim, and we have uh, Nick in Sydney again. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm well, thanks, Tim. How are you?
1: Yes, not too bad yeah not too bad for a uh, saturday evening Yeah, um, saturday yeah yeah now I should explain um nick has been having a few internet problems so he may drop in and out of this episode so I might have <laughs> to learn how learn the art of uh, bullshitting my way through it oh
0: <laughs> uh, look I'm sorry for that tim and, and myself and along with anyone else uh, in australia that is stuck with uh, the nbn or the national broadband network on fiber to the node um Unfortunately, I'm on the receiving end of uh, all sorts of dramas the last few weeks, so my apologies.
1: Yes, uh, but it's sort of um, almost uh, almost good that we're talking about internet-related stuff. We're talking about internet routers or routers or... I prefer to call them routers because router sounds rude. Oh, it's a little bit dirty, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so I suppose... Um, before we sh- before we start, um, if you're willing to go into this, we should cover the type of setups uh, we've got running at the moment.
0: Yeah, look, um, whilst I've still got internet <laughs> connectivity, I suppose I should explain mine a little bit. Obviously, uh, you know, we've got uh, uh, NBN Fibre to the Node, which is a VDSL2-based service for those listening outside of Australia. Um, but uh, I have a modem, uh, which is basically just in bridge mode. It's a billion modem, and um, I bridge that over to a uh, a PFSense or a NetGate appliance, which is a...
1: And I think we might be learning why the NBN sucks in Australia, because that sounds like a... Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: we, yes. That, that's going to happen far too often, I think, this episode. But, uh, yeah. Yes. So
1: you, you have a PFSense um, router of sorts handling your... Yeah, thing. that's right. So I run the
0: 7100 um, 1RU um, netgate appliance, um, which is running PFSense.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, mine's just a fairly basic setup. So um, I've got an, just a simple ASUS DSL68U. Um, um, mm-hmm. So that's basically... It's one of ASUS's slightly older models. Um, yep. So I'm, I'm on the same sort of setup as you. I've got uh, fiber to the node and I'm one of the lucky people that tends not to have too many issues to that. But the fact, oh. that, I'm, but it's, for, fact that I'm projectile vomiting distance to the node probably has something <laughs> to do with that.
0: Yeah. And, and that's what we call here anecdotally is node lotto. I think um, <laughs> yeah. you to have won that.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, They basically have, ASUS have, like, a couple of different series of routers. They have the RT series, which is a uh, straight router, and they Mm -hmm. also have um, the DSL series, which has the the VDSL modem actually built in. So I've just gone with that to just kind of keep my setup fairly simple and fairly straightforward. Mm Mm-hmm. No, oh, that's
0: good. Um, look, th- there's there's a ton of choice out there in terms of modem, modems, routers, and everything in between. Um, depends on very much on your needs and what you're expecting out of your network.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of um, wanted to delve into it a little bit deeper because um, it's something a lot of people tend not to think about until they've either realized they've outgrown what they have mm-hmm. or what they have has mysteriously failed so yeah um i suppose we should go on to point number one which is there are different routers for different setups
0: yeah that's right i think i think people sort of don't realize and especially the, the ones that are less technical they don't realize that what their isp supply applies them is not the only choice out there you're not just stuck with what you're given uh, and quite often what you're given is, is quite mediocre.
1: Yeah. So I suppose the um, the first thing we should probably explain, there's three different types of connections that you would typically see, um, and they often require slightly different setups to make it actually work properly. So there's the one we both have, which is a um, five bits of the nodes style setup where you need to have a VDSL modem, on top of a router, um, mm-hmm. you typically have well, you would also have uh, fibre to the premises, which is typically you just need a router with an Ethernet WAN port, or yep. you have cable, which is based on the usually based on the DOCSIS standards, which requires yep. a cable modem to be paired with a router to make it actually work properly
0: yeah so if you're lucky enough to have fiber to the premise um yeah you probably actually have greater choice in terms of the equipment you're using because you've literally got a uh a network um, termination device or an ntd and then that gives you an ethernet port out straight to your isp and then you can pair that with any sort of equipment you don't have to worry about bridge mode or any of that sort of stuff on your VDSL modem
1: yeah well the other two you'd either have to have a built-in modem to cover your connection type or a separate modem dropped into bridge mode to make it work. Hmm. So, um, usually the offer, um, if you're not sure what type of connection you've got, usually your best um, port of call would be your internet provider. Um, they should be able to let you know. So, if you are looking at upgrading your equipment, um, you can use that information from your internet provider to let you know what sort of options you have and what sort of route- router you might need to actually get. Yeah. Um, so I suppose we should um, delve into but basically what most people will be running with now. So it's usually a cheap, often or cheap router, often mm-hmm. provided by the Internet um, internet provider. Usually they're a low-end unit that's built to a particular cost. Definitely. And look, they're,
0: they're very much on the cheaper end or the, the budget end of the scale, which is why they're often support uh, supplied free uh, by your internet provider. But um, the biggest problem I have with these is they don't support some of the larger or the faster uh, WAN speeds. So if you're looking at uh, 250 megabit or, or even gigabit speeds on your uh, internet connection, yeah. uh, a lot of these tend to suffer, as well as the number of. Wi-Fi clients that they'll accept a lot of the the lower end ones will only you know you could connect maybe five or ten Wi-Fi devices before they start to cause uh, issues yeah so that's something you need to look at too if you're finding uh, a lot of dropouts and there's many many reasons why you have dropouts obviously but this is one of them and uh, under underpowered access point or a router could be could be the cause yeah.
1: so yeah generally uh, because they are lower powered lower cost units i would really only use them where you've got a small number of devices mm-hmm. and you're really only looking for something to give you a connection so I've yeah really, really it's on the basically. very
0: basic yeah. base very basic stuff you know maybe a phone or um a couple of phones and and, and basic internet connectivity
1: yeah. yes uh, and the only other advantage that i can actually see is they're general, they generally the best supported by your internet mm-hmm. provider. That's not to say they know everything about it, but yep. if you're dealing with somebody who is reliant on an ISP's technical support, they're yes. usually the ones they know best. So they're the ones they can provide most assistance with.
0: That, that's a really good point, Tim. And I think, um, especially if you're one of these users that just wants things to work, they don't necessarily know the the ins and outs and the technical parts of it, If you stick with the modem and the router that the ISP gives you, they're the best ones to advise you on what to do when things go wrong.
1: Yeah. But yeah, the the problem is because you do tend to outgrow them very quickly. Mm. Um, Especially especially
0: these days. I think, you know, with all the internet connected devices that people have in their homes and they're quite easy to forget how many you actually have. And it goes beyond your, you know, your laptops and your phones and your tablets. But think about the air conditioning units uh, even fridges um vacuum cleaners smart things TV, like
1: that. smart TVs are becoming
0: definitely more yep.
1: common now um definitely security. so
0: it's not it's not uncommon for people to have 20 30 40 internet connected devices in their home
1: yeah. and if they don't have it now over the next decade they probably will will probably be getting to that yep. point
0: Yeah, there's even washing machines nowadays that you can connect to the internet, download latest firmware updates and and wash cycles and things like that. It's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, the uh, problem you're going to have is um, when your fridge starts ordering your food for you without your permission. (laughs) Oh, I don't need any more food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think that takes... I think... um... You think... um... No
0: look I think uh, for the for those end users that really don't want to worry about these sorts of things I think the the basic uh, modem and routers that are supplied by ISP they're fine they're okay but if you find yourself out living things if you um if your you know Fi drop devices are dropping out maybe that's time to call someone who knows what they're doing in terms of networking
1: yeah yes and I've just had a comment because we have Steve listing as normal. Apparently, Steve's washing machine already has Wi-Fi.
0: Oh, there you go. He's one up on me.
1: Yes, so, um, well, I, d- I don't my... know what possible use that can have, but apparently it has a use.
0: Yeah, look, I guess it can notify you when your washing's done when you're not home. But then, who's going to take it out? So
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, per- perhaps it can notify your um your robot to. Uh, go and open it up and hang it out for you so you have a slave Uh robot doing it all for you.
0: Oh, maybe. That'll be the day.
1: Yes. Uh, But I suppose once you get to that point, um, then you do have a couple of different options. So the next level up would be prosumer. So basically, I would classify that Mm -hmm. the the same sort of manufacturers that um, cover your basic... ISP supplied equipment, so your Asus, yep. Netgear, but they're, they're more high, expensive, higher-end units.
0: Yeah. Look, at I think the old adage of, you know, you get what you pay for rings true in yeah. IT. Generally speaking, like, yeah. of course, they're just like cars, you know, for those familiar with cars. In some cases, you're paying for brand or, you know, brand recognition, that sort of thing. But what you get uh is or what you pay for is what you get is is quite true
1: yeah but yeah so in this case so going back to when we were talking setups at the start of the show so we're talking something like the unit i have so the aces dsl68u so something that's got more capable of hardware in it uh usually better wi-fi got better capabilities like um sort of additional security I can, for instance, also set mine up as a print server, which I've done, mm-hmm. so it's generally more capable hardware, a few more options, and usually software that's still relatively easy to use.
0: yeah, look, I'm not suggesting anyone, everyone goes out there and buys you know what I have uh, yeah. being a NetGate appliance, but uh, you know fourteen hundred u s uh, Australian dollars worth is probably a little bit outside people's price yeah. range
1: yeah. But yeah, that this is probably where I'd probably see a lot of our audience sort of going, because the, you what you get for your money, you as I have mentioned, you get the better CPU power, so you yeah. can support faster connections. Yeah. Um, what I get out of this better support for particularly five gigahertz Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So for people running high bandwidth connections over well applications over Wi-Fi. Yeah, you've got um, better access to that um, just additional security features so I can set up a guest network mm-hmm. and the cardware is better able to support it so I could, for instance set up a guest network and yeah. have people just have internet access and be completely segregated from my main network
0: yeah but look even in the sub $500 range you've got something like the NetGate 2100
1: and once again, we see uh, enough, but- your internet cut out again. Damn oh, that, brilliant. Damn that damn. flooding. <laughs> damn
0: that NBN. But as I was saying, like you've got something like the NetGate uh, 2100, which is under 500 uh, Australian dollars, which gives you a quite a powerful um, router for use in homes. And I know there's a lot of uh, listeners out there that might have high-end homes or even holiday homes that they want to set and forget. This might be a good option. Have someone support it. Once it's set up, it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's generally, yeah. And so generally, yeah, it's just more capable. And yeah, this is what I probably recommend most people start looking at if mm. you're outgrowing your existing network. That's right. Um, the one thing I'd probably watch out for um, is this also covers what I call gaming routers. Oh yes, uh, yeah, but and Manchester. yeah, and the the problem I have with gaming routers the hardware tends to be a little bit more capable again. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside is it just seems to be, and it like the software. We, I lost my my train of thought has suddenly derailed. Are you dropping out as well? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my problem is you no know, the software is essentially the same, but they make it sound like it's better. It's basically an excuse to tack on an extra couple of hundred dollars for what is essentially yeah. what we call marketing wank. Yeah, look,
0: it's a fine balance that marketing wank you see everywhere in terms of that consumer hardware market and, um, you know, mesh networking is another thing. Mesh, uh, seems to be thrown and, and bandied around yeah. quite a lot these days, but, um, it's not the best solution in a lot of time, uh, in a lot of, um, in a lot of setups. So really speak to someone that knows their IT really knows their networking because, um, you might end up paying, like, for example, the Netgear Orbi, uh, system is quite expensive for what it is. You could get away with a professional solution for much cheaper.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's where yeah those ones I'm sort of more more cautious because unless unless you're going to use the additional hardware, the rest of it's just marketing wank and the cheaper Mm. the um the lower end consumer models often do exactly the same stuff. It's just they've just thrown in some extra marketing buzzwords to tack on an extra couple of hundred dollars. Definitely. So yeah. Just be careful.
0: Uh, And you know, these routers that claim to improve your ping times and blah, blah, blah. Look, they're not doing anything special. There's no magic voodoo in there.
1: It's all Uh, just quality of service. Exactly, exactly. It's at best a very mild improvement over what's in the other presumer. models. Exactly.
0: And realistically, five or 10 milliseconds here or there is not going to make a difference to your game.
1: In most cases. Well, yeah
0: if you're really that pedantic, you'd be running, uh, more, you know, enterprise or uh, commercial level hardware.
1: Yeah. Which is conveniently what we've got coming up, uh, coming up next.
0: Ooh, my favorite ubiquity.
1: Yes. Because, um, yeah, this is an area that, um, like this is, I'd probably classify this as your really top end stuff. Yeah. So there's, there's stuff that's like, it's really, really capable. Mm -hmm. Um, the downside is, unless you have a really strong knowledge of networking, yes, you're not really going to be able to make full use of these devices.
0: Mm. Or you know, if you've got someone to set it up for you, it's pretty much set and forget. So they'll keep working for years and years to come. Yeah. Um. But um, we're not going to talk about Cisco. I think. I think that's way beyond yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Um. And even but, Meraki to a
1: point. But yeah. Um, but yeah, you you probably know the ubiquity stuff better than I do. So mm. um, if you wanted to have sort of a quick chat about what exists at that sort of level.
0: Yeah, look, Ubiquiti is a, uh, look, it's a company that's been there for several years. It, it really is competing with your Cisco's, your Aruba's and that sort of thing. Uh, and there are people out there that will disagree with me, but um, they produce enterprise level, Wi-Fi and routing equipment um that is affordable.
1: Yes, that is actually um yeah, that is actually quite a lot cheaper than some of the other like Cisco for instance.
0: Yeah, exactly. And with Cisco you're paying for maintenance contracts and it's just it becomes very complicated. But with Ubiquiti uh you own the hardware, you own the service, there's no, you know, fees for using your own Wi-Fi network, none of that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, where where I would see this sort of stuff being used is in situations where you're running complex home networks. Yes. Or where you're, say, running a, say, in a sort of small business type mm. environment.
0: Well, look, I would even go as far as saying complex home networks because I think there are some people out there that have complex uh, issues whether that just be simply range, you know, there are people out there with large homes, they want coverage outside or whatever it is, that's not going to be covered by your normal consumer router yeah. where this is where someone, something like ubiquity, uh, or even Mikrotik, uh, if you know what you're doing in that sort yeah. of realm, so, will cover so that.
1: Even things like granny flats, for instance. Exactly. So exactly. Right. So extending coverage out to a granny flat. They
0: produce, you know, yeah, and so if you, you if you're after that long range Wi-Fi um, sort of coverage, this is where Ubiquiti fill that market, and uh, as, as well as you, look, they go all the way all the way up to enterprise. So big companies are using Ubiquiti uh, Wi-Fi access points and routers and things like that. So, uh, or probably less so the routers. The routers tend to be a little bit on the meh side. I'd stick with something like pfSense or the Netgate appliances for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'm actually tempted to get my hands on some of that equipment just so I can actually learn it and understand it better. Yeah.
0: And, and like even with homes, uh, now that CCTV is becoming more and more common within homes, uh, NetGate switching products come with uh, power over Ethernet built in. You know, you can't... Uh, sorry, not NetGate, Ubiquiti. Um, but the Ubiquiti switching and the wireless gear, absolutely top-notch. You can't... It's hard to get better.
1: Yeah. So that's the market that sort of that sort of field. So I can see that becoming quite a lot more common as the Internet yeah. of Things gets more yeah. widespread adoption.
0: That's right. I think if you're looking at a, a proper ubiquity solution with say two Wi-Fi fully configured, fully set up, you're going to be looking at probably around that $800, $1,000 mark installed. For a basic, cert, like a uh, basic equipment, basic um, setup, and then it goes up from there.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's going. To, it's still quite expensive, and still sort of at the moment, sort of niche for those high-end users. Definitely. But I think it's going to be that's in about five to ten years. I think more people are going to be adopting mm. those sorts of equipments as we get more internet of things devices. As yeah. as you mentioned, um, power over Ethernet becomes something that people will start needing.
0: Yeah, that's right. And not just that, but, you know, the replacement of wired Ethernet with things like Wi-Fi 6. Um, Ubiquiti is certainly leading the market there. Um, I've got a Wi-Fi 6 access point here that I use on my laptop, and it's, it's brilliant. I, I no longer need to have an Ethernet cable plugged into a wall.
1: Yeah. I mean, I still run um Ethernet for my main machine um that's just because it doesn't have a wi-fi card in it and it's about five meters from my router if that but my laptop <laughs> yeah my laptop my phones are all running off um either 2.4 or 5 gigahertz wi-fi mm-hmm. and um i should i should point out i have um i basically have two Rather entertaining and rather punny Wi Fi names that I use. Oh, so, go on. So, uh, um, so, my home Wi Fi network is called Friendly Neighborhood Spiderland. Land.
0: <laughs>
1: and when I run up my uh, hotspot in the rare cases I need it, I connect to a network called Lord of the Pings. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah, look, definitely. I think um, I think the whole subject of Wi-Fi is probably a topic for another day. Um, yeah. Look, we could spend hours and hours on this, but it's something that's important to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's um, something that's become a lot more of an issue because um, it's just convenient for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as um, as a kind of last point. Um, because I know you were talking about this before the show, um, the absolute mess that our Australian internet is and, uh, what's the Labour Party is going to try and do to try and, um, get things back on track again.
0: Well, look, funny you should mention that because I heard nothing about what you just said because I dropped out once again. Thank yes. you Yes um look the MBN, uh especially those on fiber to the node or even fiber to the curb in some uh some cases it's a mess we we should have had fiber to the premise long ago we're talking 11 12 years ago when the labor party uh first trialed this in tasmania and uh it proved to be the more cost effective more um efficient option but the liberals unfortunately in australia decided no we're gonna use the shitty old copper that we've got um which is proving to be more problematic than yes. anything else, as yes, I um, believe
1: you're finding out at the moment over the last couple. Of I, weeks. I
0: am, I am. Look, I was, I was this close to uh, ordering a Starlink service, <laughs> and um, yeah, at eight hundred bucks for the equipment, it's, it's not going to come cheap. But look, if you're interested, in, uh, you know, finding more about the issues, Google. Um, so Susan Templeman is a very big advocate for NBN in various areas. So if you Google Susan, Susan Templeman NBN, uh, I believe, um, Anthony Albanese, uh, made some comments last week in relation to the NBN. So look, there's some interesting things coming and, um, yep. hopefully we'll see some, yeah. see some change.
1: Because yeah, I'm, uh, I've also been an advocate of, um, fiber to the premise or private to the premises. Yeah. Um, there there's a couple of reasons that I've always advocated for that. Um first of all, I've know that fiber to the node, fiber to the basement, fiber to the curb can technically work. Mm-hmm. Um, the pro- the problem is that um those services, or at least the way they've been implemented here, cap mm-hmm. out at about hundred megabit TOPS download. So That's that basically um you know that is now considered to be fairly elderly already, so yeah. in fact we're now talking like there are places that have got gigabit I think New Zealand are talking about ten gigabit already
0: that's right, so yeah. you could order a um eight gigabit service symmetrical might I add in New Zealand today for the same price as it- um I don't know what their taxes are like, but I dare say that uh I think if Labor had stuck with the original plan of or the
1: premises, yeah. um, we wouldn't be in this shit.
0: Yeah, but yeah, the, the other
1: part of it is having worked in the industry, I was noticing more and more as the time went on the number of services that we had to sheet can because this copper degraded mm-hmm. was just beginning to rapidly increase. Yeah. And because NBN was coming, there was no investment to to basically fix that because NBN mm. is coming and it's supposed to fix all this. Yeah. So it's basically... But that never happened. That never happened. So we've That's basically right. got, um, like, I think it um, the... For those who know Australian, uh, Australian telecommunications, um, I was reminded of the absolute abysmal state of some of our copper. This would have been four or five years ago when a friend of mine who lives up the road lost line sync and I did everything I could to get that connection back online, and I realised that it was something the provider had to fix. It was not something I was hmm. able to resolve. And so he's basically we've organised the text to come out, and he's called me as the tech is at his premises, going, um, going. He's pulling stuff out that says Postmaster General. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and I basically said, wow. that's pro- yeah, that's, that means your stuff is really fucking antiquated and I'm not surprised it failed. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's
0: the problem. A lot of areas in Australia are relying on that old copper that's been in the ground or being up on the poles for yeah. decades.
1: Well, to put it in it context, not- for, 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 to put things um, in context for the people that don't know, if it's postmaster general, That stuff's been in the ground for more than 40 years yes and so yeah i'm not surprised that connection failed Um, and that is that just demonstrates the sad state of some of our copper and that's why if we're going to go to the effort it really should have been fired to the premises straight off the bat yeah
0: and not just that but for areas that have decent copper and and that does exist but you know, we frequently experience storms in Sydney and quite severe storms. Um, electricity.
1: And here we have another one of, uh, another one of Nick's dropouts. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking. I'm just yes. going to give up. Yes.
0: <laughs> Look, thanks for having me, Tim. And, uh, hopefully sorry. we'll have these
1: issues sorted out maybe by next year. Yes um but well um for people that might be interested um shortly after this show finishes i will actually be putting up a bit of a more detailed write-up on the different types of equipment on geekjabber.com um so that'll soon be published on the tech tips section um shortly after the show concludes and i will also uh i'll will also be making this episode available for download that people for people that want it
0: dropouts and all
1: dropouts and all (laughs) damn those pits full of water and what makes it worse for you it's probably packed full of asbestos as well ah look it
0: just adds flavor
1: doesn't it (laughs) but yeah so yeah if um for anyone that's keen you can always visit us geekjabber.com um you can also keep up our discord server keep up our twitter and all of that fun stuff we're all here yes and I think on that note, we might wrap the show up before your connection uh, has another hernia. Cheers,
0: <laughs> mate. Thanks for having me.
1: Not a bum. Talk, talk to you later, peoples. See you